leftists attack an Instagram influencer for daring to share facts on the prenatal development of her unborn child. Pennsylvania pro-aborts lose their mind over Pennsylvania Republicans trying to require the respectful burial or cremation of aborted babies. And the Supreme Court upholds a Kentucky law requiring that women have an ultrasound before undergoing an abortion and be given the opportunity to hear their baby's heartbeat. We will examine the left the left's hatred of facts and their dark secret. They all know we're killing babies. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. Welcome to Unaborted with Seth Gruber today. Thanks for tuning in. We're on episode 25 now. So for those of you who have been with us since the first episode, thanks for staying tuned in. I believe this is an important show equipping you to defend life. So please share this with someone today over the holidays. And if you haven't done it already, go and give us a review and a rating. If you're listening on iTunes podcast, just scroll to the bottom, give us a five star and tell us what you think. It really actually helps more than you know, help us climb the ratings and reach more people with what I know you know is an important message at this propitious time in our country's history on these abortion wars, the victims of whom, of course, are the dead, aborted children sacrificed on the altar of an evil evil ideology in the name of reproductive health care. So this Instagram influencer gets hate on Instagram for sharing biology facts, essentially. She's pregnant. She puts a photo of herself pregnant with her baby, and she starts sharing facts that you would have learned in, I don't know, high school biology in any embryology textbook anywhere in the world. And so Live Action News covers this story on December 6th in an article. They say Instagram influencer Ellen Fisher recently posted announcing her latest pregnancy. The vegan unschooling mom in Hawaii has more than half a million followers. She received many warm messages of congratulations about her pregnancy announcement. That is until she shared basic facts about the prenatal development of her baby. And this is the left's new strategy, right? This is nothing new. Attack anyone. Anyone with an influential platform who shares facts that are inconvenient to the leftist narrative. Because as it turns out, being a leftist does involve sticking your head in the ground and refusing to even hear facts that might challenge your ideology. It doesn't matter that they're objectively true. It doesn't matter that no one's actually ever provided evidence that they're untrue. It just matters that it's contra to the leftist ideology and narrative. For example, earlier this year, at the end of last year, Megan Murphy, the Canadian feminist, was banned from Twitter for saying women are not men. You might remember this. She's actually a feminist. She may be pro-choice. I'm not entirely sure. But she said that women are not men. And she was banned from Twitter for saying that. Because if you have an influential platform and you share objective facts that are contra to the leftist ideology, then they're going to attack you and attempt to silence you. So what did she say? Okay, this is Ellen Fisher's Instagram post announcing the growth of her biological human baby that she is very excited about mothering. She says, at 15 weeks pregnant, the baby inside of me has unique one-of-a-kind fingerprints that are visible already. He or she, because she doesn't know the gender yet, has fingers and tiny fingernails and toes and eyes and a face and developing organs. The baby's heart is pumping roughly 25 quarts of blood every day and will continue as he develops in the womb. She has reflexes and can open and close her fingers and make movement with her mouth. Between 15 to 20 weeks, babies will double in size. 
As his body grows, his nervous system is rapidly maturing. His nerves are connecting his brain to the rest of his body, traveling to the brain and then down to the spine and beginning to extend into his torso and limbs. Sensory development is picking up speed and her brain is designating special areas for smell, taste, hearing, vision, and touch. Right? This, this was us. This is how we began. As your body grows, he creates a strong connection to you and is learning who you are. She can sense your mood and temperament. What blob of tissue does that? At just 21 days following conception, the baby's organs start to develop and the heart begins to beat. These developmental milestones often take place before the mother even knows she is pregnant. How amazing is the miracle of growing babies, she says. Then she says what gets her in trouble. Babies in the womb have intrinsic value. The difference between us and them is time. And that's exactly right. The science of embryology is clear. Human life begins at the moment of conception. And from that point, we are all in a continuum of development. And any changes that happen in that continuum of development happen in virtue of being a human being. It's in virtue of being a human being to realize those capacities at that level of development, right? So even me at 28, I don't have the brain structure or mental capacity of a 40-year-old. They say men don't reach their mental peak until their 40s, which, by the way, was very good news for my wife recently. So we're all on a different continuum of development, but it begins at the moment of conception. But because she said that and she acknowledged that objective reality, she got lit up by people who were following her and were now very angry that she said it's wrong to kill babies. Now, you know what's interesting about this, right? As, as it always is with leftist attacks on objective facts, none of the negative comments in the post, in the comments reported in the post, provided any evidence or proof that her claims were untrue or false. They, they, they yelled that they were untrue or false. They you know, said that she was shaming women and she was horrible and she just wanted women to be birthers. But there was actually no evidence or proof provided that any of the biological prenatal development facts that she shared were untrue because they're not. And the left can't defeat us on our arguments. So they have to resort to table pounding and yelling. So we're going to get to what all this means in just one second. But the live action article continues. In response, the post received well over 6,000 comments and counting. While Fisher received many positive comments, many followers claimed they would no longer follow Fisher because of her pro-life comments, right? That's, that's the tolerance of the left. We'll tolerate you until you disagree with us. <laughs> the detractors expressed outrage and extreme counterfactual responses claiming she shamed women and is making the world unsafe. <laughs> and and this, this is just time and again. And if you don't like facts that are against your narrative, then they're dangerous facts. They're dangerous. They make us unsafe. Ooh. Well, how does a fact make you unsafe? Well, it might make your ideology unsafe. It might expose your ideology to scrutiny, but it doesn't make you unsafe. And this is the entire lie of the left, right? that feelings are actually more important than facts. And if those facts make me feel bad or attacked or threatened, then you're the aggressor. And so speech becomes a form of violence. What a far cry from the constitutional principles that our country were founded on. Information and facts are not safe or unsafe. They're simply facts. How you feel about those facts has nothing to do with the nature of the facts. Your emotions are unrelated to objectivity. So essentially what these people are saying, attacking you, is that facts that challenge my truth, my ideology, make me unsafe. <laughs> and you're shaming women 
if you open an embryology textbook in a public square and begin reading from it, <laughs> that that's actually shaming women by reciting facts. You don't even necessarily have to have a any motivation behind reciting those facts. If you just say them, then that's wrong because you're making people feel unsafe. We are raising a generation of snowflakes who can't handle the self-evident reality that babies are babies. And that is a self-evident reality. The only reason it's been called into question is because of a decades-long attempt to undercut reality by hiding it, keeping it in the dark, where the abortion industry thrives in the first place, in the dark, based on lies. Because when things are dragged into the light and people see them for what they are, they change their mind. Now, if you disagree, if any of these people disagree with Ellen, they're welcome to provide a counter case as to why Ellen is wrong. But nobody can. Nobody can because they know she is right. So the article continues and says, one commenter, common commenter claimed Fisher showed in her message that she, quote, actively discouraged respect for every woman's right to choose over her own body and life. And, quote, opinions as expressed in the caption are why so many women live unsafely in this world. You see, it's the sharing of opinions in a comment thread that are why so many women feel unsafe. <laughs> How about the unborn children who are literally unsafe because of the evil ideology that you're pushing and refusing to allow objective facts to inform your decisions on? Another wrote, quote, you should be ashamed of yourself. Just say you hate women and think their purpose is to be bred like cattle. Right. Because copy and pasting prenatal development facts from an embryology textbook and then finishing with the sentence, babies have intrinsic value and the only difference between us and them is time. Yeah, what she's really saying is that women are like cows and we just need to breed them like animals. What the, what is wrong with you? This is what happens when ideology is put in front of reality. This is what happens when a movement is dedicated to sexualizing people and telling them that what really means to be free, what really means to practice liberty under the American Constitution is to slaughter your own child if they get in the way of your vision of the good life. So these people are just screaming things and providing no evidence that what she has said is wrong because they can't beat are arguments. And they're not really even arguments. They're just the reciting of embryology textbooks, aren't they? It's just saying, this is what we know the babies are a baby. There's a law school saying that says, when you have the facts, pound the facts. And when you don't have the facts, pound the table and do so loudly. <laughs> and there's a lot of table pounding going on out there, isn't there? And this post is an example of that. You know what actually seeing this reminded me of, this whole debacle, this whole attacking of this pro-life Instagram influencer, is this scene from Dumb and Dumber when they're trying to talk to each other and he's just sticking his fingers in the ears. He's saying, la, 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 la. I don't want to hear you. I don't care what you're saying because it threatens my ideology. It doesn't matter if it's true. I'm going to stick my fingers in the ear and refuse to listen. So what does this reveal? What's really behind this? They know it's a baby. And they know they're all killing babies. And they hate that that's the truth. Because as it turns out, as always, reality is the greatest enemy of leftist ideology. Reality is the greatest enemy of the pro-choice movement. Because it's self-evident. Now, yelling over the voices advocating for human equality in order to silence them is nothing new, by the way. 
Just as a brief reminder, pro-slavery racists were renowned for shouting down and silencing abolitionists in the early 1800s. In fact, sometimes they would actually show up to their rallies and they would get violent. They would actually sometimes beat the living crap out of abolitionists and drag them through the streets as a public spectacle. But they would regularly show up to these anti-slavery abolitionist rallies and they would just heckle and scream and shout and not allow them to communicate. (laughs) There is nothing new under the sun. What has been done will be done again, as King Solomon rightly pointed out. And now it's being done on the issue of abortion, not because we're wrong, not because they have better arguments, but because they don't have any. And so they have to yell and scream over us. So they'd rather stick their fingers in their ears and deny the existence of an external reality of an objective truth than humble themselves and change their position to reflect reality. Next, we're going to talk about the Pennsylvania Democrats who are very angry with Republicans for trying to grant, ready, a respectful burial for already murdered children in abortion. Then good news from Kentucky, the Supreme Court allows an ultrasound-informed consent law to stand. But first, if you like the show and want to hear more great content and commentary from the front lines of the pro-life movement and this abortion war in our country over who's a person and who gets to decide who lives and who dies and are we going to protect human equality or not, then head on over to patreon.com slash unaborted, patreon.com slash unaborted, and become a patron of the show. We want to increase the production value of the show. We want to actually provide you with more content. So you just have a little community, if you will, of unaborted human beings where you can go to and listen and get equipped and get informed and get encouraged to be a voice for the unborn in a culture and political climate that's becoming more and more hostile to people like you who hold a pro-life position. We want to give you the tools you need to engage on this battlefield of abortion because as Greg Cunningham said, there's more people working full-time to kill babies than there are working full-time to save them. That's because killing babies is very profitable while saving them is very costly. The abortion rights movement makes a lot of money killing children. Contrastively, the pro-life movement spends a lot of money trying to save children. So we could use your help to promote this message of life and reach more young people who will be the future of our electorate. So head on over to patreon.com slash unaborted and become a patron of the show. And we'll be right back with more. Welcome back to Unaborted with Seth Gruber. So to continue this conversation, this narrative that we're seeing more and more right now, where through policies and through language, the abortion rights movement is tacitly admitting that they all know they're killing babies. And they're not willing to allow any type of narrative, whether it's based on facts or not, to expose the fact that they they really all know they're killing babies and they're perfectly fine with it. Um, And so they are increasingly becoming more and more aggressive, more and more angry, and more and more engaged in these abortion wars, right? Because we've seen an increased commitment from pro-life legislators in the country to pass pro-life legislation to protect unborn children. And this brings out the wounded lion, right? This this enrages the pro-choice movement. And so some more evidence of that recently. Pennsylvania Democrats are very angry at Republican legislatures, legislators for trying to ensure basically just a respectful burial for aborted babies. It's not even a challenge to abortion. It's not even trying to prevent abortion at any stage of the pregnancy. It's just saying now that you slaughtered this baby, we should at least treat them like the human beings that they actually are. So there's an article at Mike.com, fairly leftist publication on December 4th. Pennsylvania passes restrictive abortion law requiring burials for fetal 
remains. According to the article, the Pennsylvania Final Disposition of Fetal Remains Act, or House Bill 1890, was first introduced in September. The bill redefines fetal death to mean death at any point in pregnancy after conception. Under it, health providers would have to cremate or bury all fetal remains if they aren't claimed by a parent. The bill passed through the state house last week and is now being considered by the state Senate. Its sponsor, stated uh, Representative Francis Ryan, a Republican, told the Associated Press, we wanted to craft something that was voluntary, that provided the family with the ability for closure, the ability to understand that a human life was lost, their life that they'd been striving for for so long. So this would have also applied to cases of miscarriage, regardless of how the fetal death happened. It would require the cremation or burial of that baby if not claimed by the parent. This is so non-controversial that it's it's frankly disturbing and disgusting to see the increased radicalism of the abortion left that will attack things like this. You know what this bill is? It's just a reminder. It's just a reminder that these are human beings. That's all it is. It's it's not going to save any babies doesn't look like it, unfortunately. It's just saying, these are human babies. Can we bring a little bit of humanity back to this conversation, back to this debate? The left will have none of that. They will have nothing to do with participating in the humanization of unborn children, even if they're already dead because of the left's commitment to abortion. Isn't that shocking? This is how radical the abortion rights movement has become. So this article continues. These types of laws have seen a surge in the United States. According to Rewire.News, which I told you a couple weeks ago is a total garbage bag of a website. Don't let your teenagers go there. Part of the reason is due to cost. Right now, remains are usually incinerated, lovely, which is cheaper than burial or cremation. Of course, of course. This is all about money. It always has been. Anything that would, that would cost them their bottom line or cost them more money to kill children they're going to avoid. They're going to cut corners to line their pockets with as much blood money as they can. By mandating fetal remains be disposed of in a certain way, the laws put financial strain on abortion providers. Oh, no. <laughs> Nobody cares. You kill children, okay? But this is their concern, right? This is all about money. And if you're putting financial strain on abortion providers, then shame on you, pro-lifer, for attacking such a, a holy institution. Strain on abortion providers, many of which would have would have to enter into new contracts with vendors to follow them. The increased cost of burial and cremation could then translate to providers having to increase the cost of abortions themselves, another barrier to access for low-income people in particular. Right, because you just really care about providing reproductive health care to low-income families, don't you? <laughs> what this really means is that if we can't take our abortions to market at a competitive price, we'll lose, we'll lose a market share of children who might survive. That's what that means. Some babies might live because their poor parents couldn't afford to slaughter them through our services. We got to go to market with competitive prices, man. Come on. I mean, we might love abortion, but we're still capitalists. What, what, a, what, what a sick, sick worldview. This is yet another way for anti-abortion lawmakers to remove people's agency, this article says. Bills like HB 1890 are trying to push anti-abortion lawmakers' understanding of a pregnancy onto people. <laughs> How hilarious is that? See, it's really just about pro-life lawmakers pushing their understanding of a pregnancy onto people. Well, if you haven't noticed the irony in that already, 
The irony is that the abortion industry pushes their quote-unquote understanding of pregnancy onto pregnant women that they treat like prospects and the children that they dismember. They're pushing a certain understanding of pregnancy on the women who walk through their, their doors, aren't they? they their, their understanding of pregnancy is that the pregnancy that we're removing is a child we're slaughtering and the woman who's pregnant is an abortion prospect that we can capitalize on and line our pockets. But it's you know you see if you really really think about it, it's really pro-life lawmakers pushing their understanding of pregnancy onto people, despite the fact that pregnancy actually has an objective definition. We don't have to talk about people's understandings of it. We can look and uh, and understand what the definition of pregnancy is. It means there's a living human being inside of you. The article continues and says Pennsylvania State Republican Dan Frankel, a Democrat shocker, told PennLive.com, it's simply wrong to tell women what a loss of pregnancy is supposed to mean to them. So if this law simply says that was a human that was killed through abortion or that was a human that died in a miscarriage, it is wrong to give your definition of what a loss of pregnancy is to women. So it's wrong to tell them what pregnancy is, and then it's wrong to tell them what the death of that child meant, which is, again, hilariously ironic, isn't it? Because the abortion industry and the pro-choice movement tell women every day, their entire messaging is built on the proclamation of their understanding of a loss of pregnancy. It's that it's not a baby. It's just a blob of tissue. They're literally telling their pregnant prospects what the loss of a pregnancy should mean to them. They have no compassion or understanding for women who regret their abortions. They silence those people. You know this. Anytime a woman, especially if she was popular, comes out and says, I regret my abortion, is that ever covered by CNN? Is that ever covered by Rewire.News or Vice? No, because these leftist hacks don't care about women and they hate women who say, Actually, your ideology is wrong and I regret my abortion. I wish I hadn't been manipulated and talked into the abortion that you talked me into, that you convinced me to getting. You need to shut out those voices. Just like the left has shut down Ellen Fisher, the Instagram influencer. Shut down facts and opinions that run contra to our narrative. And yet we're supposed to believe that these are the advocates of human equality. Planned Parenthood the other day put up a tweet saying, it's Human Rights Day. And, and they were celebrating it just completely oblivious to the reality that they're the greatest enemy of human rights. But this is par for the course for the abortion rights movement, isn't it? Their entire narrative is built on telling women that their pregnancy is a pregnancy, it's not a person, and abortion is a commonplace medical procedure like removing a polyp. That's their entire pitch. That's their entire shtick. But if you really think about it, see, it's pro-life legislators telling women what a loss of a pregnancy is supposed to mean. Unbelievable. So Planned Parenthood tells women that the loss of a pregnancy is commonplace and safe. And so they have this, this new campaign on their website right here called hashtag goodbye stigma. Goodbye stigma. They literally have campaigns now to try to remove the stigma associated with abortion. Hence the new movement you heard about that I've been talking about started a little over a year ago, hashtag shout your abortion. There is an entire movement from the very perpetrators of genocide themselves to remove any type of shame from abortion so that they can say our understanding of pregnancy and the loss of a pregnancy is the right one. And all it is, is it's a pregnancy tissue that is gently suctioned out by a vacuum and it's just like any other surgical procedure. Who's really pushing their understandings of pregnancy and loss of pregnancy on people? The perpetrators of genocide are the ones doing that. Now, Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf, who's a Democrat, has vowed to uh, veto this bill. So unfortunately, it probably won't go anywhere. But 
it's very important that this happened because we need more things like this to expose how radical the abortion rights movement and their strategic arm, the Democratic Party, have gotten. You know, we know, we need to take note. So at the end of the day, the deeper reality here is that the pro-abortion movement won't entertain anything that even slightly insinuates that unborn children are persons with the rights thereof. That's really what's going on here. Because you see, if you demand that murdered children are given a proper burial or cremation with a death certificate and everything, that communicates that these are un- these unborn children are children with a humanity deserving of respect. And they don't even want to entertain that. Dead, slaughtered children, they won't even acknowledge the humanity of those children because anything that threatens their ideology has to be challenged. They cannot give ground because it takes a lot of work to hold the pieces of a worldview together that are indefensible. And the abortion issue is in fact indefensible, isn't it? So if aborted children should be shown respect after death, which is all this bill recommends, then perhaps they should be shown respect while they're alive. Do you see? Do you see the challenge that this bill poses to the abortion ideology, even though it wouldn't restrict abortion? Because if you support this bill, you are tacitly admitting that slaughtered unborn children should be granted certain levels of humanity. Well, if they should, then maybe they should have been granted that humanity before you killed them. You see? So if they get on board with this bill, they're giving ground to their ideology. That goes against their ideology. The pro-choice movement never allows anything to shake or threaten their ideology because that might compromise the commitment of members of their movement and members of the culture who tacitly support them because they think they're about reproductive health care. And without a movement to defend them, they're nothing. Without a movement to defend them, they're just a bunch of sickos who like to line their pockets with the blood money of aborted children. They have to have the movement. They have to have the worldview and they have to have the ideology and anything, anything that threatens that, they have to attack. And if you're the one who proposed it, they'll demonize and attack you too. Now, next we're going to talk about the Supreme Court upholding Kentucky's ultrasound law, which is good news for the pro-life movement. But first, I want to tell you about a cool new speaking tour opportunity that I'm making available to churches in the Dallas-Fort Worth area of Texas and in Southern California. I've teamed up with my new friend, Sarah Vienna, for a pro-life church tour. Sarah is an international speaker and singer who works in Romania and the states defending the cause of the needy from unborn to elderly. Our I'm Alive church tour is named after Sarah's song, I'm Alive. I'm Alive tour captures both the beauty and truth of the pro-life position, of the pro-life worldview. Speaking to both the heart and the head, this tour will win the hearts of your church for life, um, while also equipping them to defend life by speaking to their mind. Because we're called to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what this is about. Based on biblical truths, the I'm Alive tour can help your church create a culture of life that fights to love our unborn neighbors and their mothers and fathers. So happening summer of 2020, this tour will fill up fast. So to bring I'm Alive to your church, email us at imalivetour at gmail.com. Tour at gmail.com, no apostrophes, for questions and bookings. And bring us to your church to promote the message of life to your people. We'll be back in just one second talking about a really good piece of news for the pro-life movement. Oh, 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 
Welcome back to Unaborted with Seth Gruber. Thanks for tuning in and remaining tuned in on these important developments that you need to be aware of in the country so that you're equipped to respond and defend life because our country is more divided right now than ever before on this debate right now. It is high time for us as Christians, followers of Jesus, or if you're not religious, but you believe it's wrong to kill babies, to rise up and pose significant challenges to the abortion juggernaut. And so the most recent evidence of that comes from Kentucky. The Supreme Court has decided to uphold a Kentucky ultrasound law. Now, this has been a debate in the abortion world for a really long time. Pro-lifers have often tried to pass legislation that would require a pregnant woman to get an ultrasound and be given facts about the development of her unborn child and hear the heartbeat and such before getting an abortion. And this drives the left insane, right? And we're going to look a little bit of how they responded to this, and it's going to blow you away if you're not tuned in to the regular developments of the abortion debate. So this Ultrasound Informed Consent Act, or HB2, was actually passed in 2017. Then it was overturned by a lower court after the ACLU challenged it, of course, the greatest legal enemy to unborn children, along with the Southern Poverty Law Center. Then after a challenge from the state... The Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals actually upheld the ruling, but pending Supreme Court appeal, which finally came through. So according to CNN on December 9th, an article by Ariane DeVogue says Supreme Court rejects challenge to Kentucky abortion ultrasound law. Kentucky argued the law is, quote, simple and straightforward, calling it part of an informed consent process. Of course, you're giving more women information and more information enables you what? To make informed choices? And what's the movement called? Pro-choice. Yeah, one big sham of a euphemism that really means one choice, pro-one choice, pro-abortion. The article goes on, says, the law, Kentucky said, does nothing more than require that women who are considering an abortion be provided with information that is truthful, non-misleading, and relevant to their decision of whether to have an abortion. And like so many of the pieces of news I've been covering recently, the response of the abortion left will tell you everything you need to know. It'll tell you everything you need to know in terms of their ideology and their commitment. And that was certainly true here. So what information is required? Well, according to the bill, prior to consent to abortion, the physician shall perform an ultrasound, provide explanation of what the ultrasound is depicting. So they actually have to point it out. Display ultrasound images, provide the audible heartbeat for her to hear, To top that all off, the mother doesn't have to look or listen. (laughs) So the left is going to respond here by saying, violation of First Amendment free speech, violation of this, violation of conscience rights. Except she doesn't have to. It's not actually requiring her to look or listen before she can get an abortion. They just have to give her the opportunity. (laughs) How can you say you're pro-choice and be against this? Now, a caveat here that not a lot of people in the pro-life movement are discussing and I I think should be raised is that it may, it may be that these abortionists will intentionally botch these ultrasounds. So we will need to have some type of procedures in place that ensure that the financially incentivized abortionists who are going to succeed based on how much they can dehumanize the child of the mother will actually obey this law and perform an ultrasound in a way that depicts the unborn child in the best manner and provides pictures and images that portrays the child in the best manner. Do you see what I mean? I mean, these are financially incentivized abortionists. The likelihood of them intentionally performing obscure ultrasounds would be very high because they know that more women who see their baby will reject 
abortion. But this is still a win for the pro-life movement. And now that it's going to go into law, of course, abortionists could have legal challenges if it's found out that they were intentionally botching these. So the article at CNN goes on, by refusing to review the Sixth Circuit's ruling, the Supreme Court has rubber-stamped extreme political interference in the doctor-patient relationship, said Alexa Colby Molinas, senior staff attorney at the ACLU Reproductive Freedom Project. Isn't that nice? The ACLU has a wing called the Reproductive Freedom Project, except not freeing unborn children from the chains of Roe versus Wade, just providing freedom to mothers through killing their children. Lovely. So it's extreme political interference in the doctor-patient relationship. What does politics have to do with providing biological and embryological information and realities to pregnant women? Nothing. Of course, these are objective realities, but those objective facts might what? Threaten the ideology because they all know they're killing babies, but they can't give any ground or else they threaten the progression of their movement and their ability to make profit off of the killing of unborn children. The staff attorney at the ACLU continues and said, this law is not only unconstitutional, but as leading medical experts and ethicists explained, deeply unethical. You see this from the mainstream media all the time, right? Oh, who are these medical experts and ethicists? Well, I don't know, but I'm just going to say experts and then I'll say, as they all agree, <laughs> except those who acknowledge biological realities or maybe are pro-life. None of those experts. Providing a full range of biological realities and prenatal development facts is not extreme political interference, okay? That's just giving information. And the more information we can give men and women, the better choices they can make because they're more informed. This is not a pro-choice movement. This is a pro-one-choice movement. How can you be pro-choice if you explicitly try to hide and bury information that people use to make choices? You abortion hacks. This is, please share this episode with someone who's pro-choice, please. I, I have so much I can always say to people who actually like abortion. They're actually pro-choice. And I should tell you why you should actually still not support Planned Parenthood and the pro-choice movement. Because even if you don't think unborn children have any moral worth whatsoever, how can you be opposed to providing more information to women so that they can make informed decisions? That seems like a pro-human thing, regardless of your position on abortion. So when the left uses the word unconstitutional, they usually mean constitutional things we don't like. <laughs> That's what they usually mean. There's nothing unconstitutional. In fact, I would say it's very constitutional to honor the dignity and moral agency of human beings by providing them with all the information necessary to make educated decisions, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, you can compromise people's liberty and their pursuit of happiness if you're denying facts that would inform how they would pursue happiness, how they would pursue their path in life. But this is par for the courts. Furthermore, arguing that knowing all medical facts is unethical is a hell of a sell, man. Goodness, this ACLU attorney says that it's unethical to provide this information. That's a hell of a sell. Have, have good luck with that one. So over at CBS News, Kate Smith, who we've talked about before, basically the abortion reporter for CBS News, massive pro-abortion hack, on December 9th covered this and said, Planned Parenthood said in a statement that the Supreme Court, quote, continued to chip away at abortion rights by allowing the law to take effect. That was Planned Parenthood's statement, that they're chipping away at abortion rights. It literally doesn't prevent or chip away at the right to get an abortion at all. It doesn't. It just says, here is an ultrasound of your baby. Here's the heartbeat. We just want you to know everything that's happening in your body. I thought we were supposed to be pro 
women. I thought we were supposed to be pro the bodies of women. Here's what's happening in your body. You can see it. Let me explain it to you. Show you the anatomical pieces of your baby. Hear the heartbeat. Now you can make your decision. Go ahead. You want the abortion? Okay, fine. Doesn't prevent or chip away at abortion rights at all. So what is this really all about? This is about two things. First, as always, it's about a threat to their ideology. How do we know this? Because if it's just a blob of tissue, then why are abortion supporters so afraid of pregnant women seeing that blob? If it's pregnancy tissue and it's not a person, what threat is there to your ideology for pregnant women to see that blob? (laughs) You, You know the answer, right? They all know they're killing babies. They all know it. And so they're going to attack common sense legislation because it might make more people pro-life and it might mean less abortions for their market share. Because we know it's not a blob of tissue. It's a human person and they know it. They know they're killing baby humans. They see it. But most people don't see it, right? Most people don't see the unborn. So they have to suppress reality. They have to attack facts. This is why the left hates facts because reality is the greatest enemy of their movement. And ultrasonography imagery forever ends the abortion debate. The improvements in prenatal imagery, both 3D and 4D and embryoscopy imagery, by the way, which is literally a camera that they insert up the birth canal and you can actually see the baby. All of these developments in prenatal imagery has forever changed the abortion debate. And Caitlin Flanagan in her December 2019 issue at The Atlantic entitled The Dishonesty of the Abortion Debate, which we covered a few weeks ago, admits as much. She admits that that forever has ended the abortion debate. You know what she says? She says, the argument for abortion when made properly requires many words. It must appeal to the recent past and the dire consequences of making abortion illegal. But then she says, the argument against abortion doesn't even take a single word. The argument against it is a picture. This is your child. This is your baby. And the narrative changes forever. You want proof of this? Here's some personal proof of this. When I was a college student, I volunteered for a pregnancy resource center. And the director and I are good friends. As a volunteer, she told me one time that they were getting some women into the clinic who wanted ultrasounds. And they would ask these women, how did you discover our clinic? And they, some of these women were saying, Planned Parenthood sent me here. Now, you can imagine her jaw dropped, as did mine. What? Planned Parenthood and the abortion rights movement regularly demonizes pro-life pregnancy centers, calling them fake health clinics who are going to try to pressure you to not get an abortion. And so she asked them why. And she, some of these women said, well, I wanted an ultrasound. But they told me, ready? that I couldn't get an ultrasound unless I already had an abortion appointment. What does that mean? It means the only way we're going to let you see your baby is you already have an appointment to kill them. By the way, they probably wouldn't have even allowed her to see the ultrasound anyways. And when abortionists perform ultrasound-guided abortions, they always turn the ultrasound away and they don't let the women see it. You want proof of that? Read Abby Johnson's book, Former Planned Parenthood Clinic Director Admits. As much, this is what they're trained to do because you cannot allow the humanization of the child because it forever changes the debate. Now, the Planned Parenthood people who were sending these women over to this clinic were probably fired for doing that. (laughs) You sent them somewhere else to see their baby? I can't believe you humanized their child. But this is proof 
that the Planned Parenthood movement, the abortion rights movement, is going to hide and suppress reality and refuse to allow women to see their children. And so, of course, they have to attack a bill like this, which just says, let's give women all the information so they can see their children. So the first thing is that this is a threat to their ideology. Secondly, the second thing this tells us actually is reported by CNN. So in the CNN article, quoting the appeals court ruling that let the decision stand, right? This is what they said. As a First Amendment matter, there is nothing suspect with a state requiring a doctor before performing an abortion to make truthful, non-misleading, factual disclosures relevant to informed consent, even if those disclosures relate to unborn life and have the effect of persuading the patient not to have an abortion. The appeals court held in its ruling. You see, that's what this is about. That's the second thing this is all about is it's a threat to their profit. It's a threat to their incentive. It's a threat to how they make money. They're very fearful that the more women who see their unborn child will reject abortion. That means droves of women won't choose abortion in Kentucky. And who are pregnant women to Planned Parenthood? They're prospects. The abortion is the sale and the pregnant mother is the prospect. Statistics on how many women you know, choose life or not after they see an ultrasound kind of vary. So I didn't want to cite any of those because they're kind of all across the board. But generally, we do know that if you see your baby, you're more likely to reject abortion. In fact, Save the Storks, the pro-life organization that builds mobile medical units and locates them outside of university campuses and abortion clinics and gives women the opportunity to see their baby through an ultrasound – and these are really beautiful vans, very comfortable. All the staff are so friendly and nice, and they just give them the opportunity for a free ultrasound. They found that four out of five women who board a Storks bus will choose life. That's high. That's a high percentage. And then they equip them with the resources and help they need to choose life. So the abortion industry thrives in the dark by keeping people in the dark. But as scripture says, when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. That's what this bill would do. That's what ultrasonography does. That's what requiring women to see their babies does is it exposes it to the light. And when it's in the light, it becomes visible. As the Gospel of John says, that this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. <laughs> they thrive in darkness. In the dark, they win. In the light, we win. This is why the abortion industry and movement hates facts because facts bring light. Facts illuminate. Facts bring knowledge of objective reality, of the human baby inside your womb. And when you humanize the baby and when the pictures are seen, the entire narrative changes. The argument against abortion doesn't require any words. It just requires an image, and they all know they're killing little humans. But as long as the rest of the country doesn't know that, that's how they stay in business. They thrive in the dark, and they thrive by keeping more people in the dark. But as one of the civil rights movement leaders once said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. The pro-life movement is the movement of light, and those who are motivated by the gospel are both bringing, they are both bringing immediate life-saving light as well as eternal light to save the souls of those who are committed to death. So let's live in the light and drag the evil deeds 
of the abortion industry into the light and do it today and do it tomorrow and do it every day until the darkness is gone. And there is no ability for that disgusting enemy of human equality, the abortion rights movement, to thrive. That's all we have time for for today. Thanks for tuning in to Unaborted with Seth Gruber. If you want to learn more, head on over to sethgruber.com, S-E-T-H-G-R-U-B as in baby boy, E-R.com to get my newsletter, to see my speaking schedule, to get training videos or to learn more. And head on over to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Give us a rating and review. That really helps. We'll be back next week with more and have a wonderful week.